0: And we are back on Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining me on your weekend. I am here for you Friday, Saturday, Sunday into the game um, against the Jets. You got goosebumps? I got goosebumps too. Marvin Levy's going to join us every single week on Buff Hub. Um, look, there's just so much building up towards the end of this final stretch in this season and uh, no one has the answers right we're always looking for who has the best take who has the most information who has the analytics this that the other the fact is hindsight is always 2020 in this league and um, the bills are still as advertised Um, I still think that they are very much deserving of the one seed, even without Von Miller. Um, Yeah, we're going to get into a couple of things today, guys, though. You know, obviously we're going to talk about Von Miller. We're going to be talking about, uh, you know, the Jets and Mike White and a fully rested Buffalo team. Uh, You know, on from there, we're going to talk about who needs to step up. Finally, I want to talk about James Cook at the end. Um, But listen, this is a huge stretch for the Bills, right? The Jets, the Dolphins, um, and, and things are sneaking up, right? Uh, this number one seed snuck up on us. Uh, you know, teams that you wouldn't expect to even be in the playoff race right now, they're coming for the Bills. The Jets and the Dolphins fall to the last two seeds in the playoffs right now, and they're in the wild card after Buffalo winning last week. And and them losing last week, so the Bills have an advantage here, and they have a they have a game lead against Miami, right, a couple game lead against the Jets, the Jets are still 1-0 against them in the season, so this is a big weekend coming up for the Bills to reassert themselves, which I do believe they will, but let's begin here, guys, Vaughn Miller um, said he'd be out six, seven months, that's what he said, I don't believe it, I mean, he said he would be back in four weeks. Um, after believing he didn't tear his ACL, he had a little bit of damage uh, to the MCL. But uh, I think at this point, we should just trust the, es- trust, trust the experts and just see what happens. Because from what we have been experiencing on the injury front in Buffalo, uh, nothing is what it seems. Matt Milano is now down. Um, the injury report just keeps fluctuating. Josh Allen, it irritates me. They're still showing him on the injury report, it's just okay. So, so what's happening? What's real? Are they hiding anything? Is there actual damage that he's gonna have to deal with after uh, the season's over to get repaired? <laughs> There's a lot of things that, quite frankly, I'm I'm trying to read between the lines on. And at this point, I just give up. Um, you know, I wonder honestly if this injury to Von Miller makes Brandon Bean hit the drawing board again, and maybe tell fans, players, anybody to chill the hell out and let guys develop because i think we're at this point now where the bills have been literally maxing out their cap living year to year off of basically about five million to ten million in cap space to do anything um for this roster and i think at this point uh you got who you need right so so now these young guys have to prove themselves and then we need to just build some cap room and we need to start making smart moves for this roster because clearly again hindsight is 2020 we did not expect von miller uh, to tear the same acl he tore back in i think it was 2012 2013 it sucks and now the bills drop from being the favorites to win the super bowl to in some people's eyes third or fourth so it's it's tough I think as fans, you kind of see things through a different lens because you have seen who has been able to develop. More importantly, as fans, you see the potential, right? And we're going to get into that later as far as uh, you know the, the young guys go. But uh, look, we're sitting here at nine and three, uh, potentially being able to go eleven and three if we can win the next couple of games here. Uh, Mike White, right? Uh, last time he played the Bills, there was a lot of injuries. A lot of starters were out. More importantly, Jordan Poyer, who I think is such a he's such a catalyst for this defense. Um, and, and I think what Buffalo is going to have to do is either capitalize on mistakes the Jets the Jets make. That means scoring on defense, right, or, or getting the ball turned over and with good field position for the Bills, or excuse me, for the offense. Or again. On the opposite side, Josh Allen has to take care of the football. This Jets defense is still no joke. A lot of young guys are starting to emerge. This is two defenses that are in the top ten. Bills are at number four, Jets are at number six. Um, mistake-free football wins. Personally, I think the Bills will have a different approach to this game. Here's the thing. I, I think they were too cocky in their in their, in their their first matchup. I think uh, their body language on the field looked like a bully who got popped in the nose by a kid. Uh, They picked on for too long, and then they lost. They, plain and simple, just lost. The Jets up front just manhandled and mangled the Bills. And um, I think this is going to be different to game planning for Mike White. I'm not going to talk about last year. I could give two craps about it. I think, at the end of the day, he has proven himself to be the starter for the Jets and possibly another team. But he's different than Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson... uh, had that threat with his legs, very mobile, uh, can make plays outside of the pocket. And for the Bills to not really have to worry about that, you know, they can hem him in easier in the pocket and force him to make throws where he needs to make them. I'd say that's going to more or less fall into the lap of this Buffalo Bills secondary that has Tredavious back, that has Xavier Rhodes now. Uh, You know, they're probably going to start him over Kyrie Elam. Uh, Veteran presence is there. DeMar Hamlin, who I believe is just Becoming an absolute stud, I've said this before. Um, just really high hopes for him in this game. I hope he has a huge game. Listen, I'm just gonna start off by saying I think the Bills are winning from a range of 38 to 10 to 42 to 10. That's where I have it. Call the spread how you want it. I really don't care about the spread. I care about a W this win uh, this week. Um, this this win this week is huge. They can't have this 28-24 win. They have to win convincingly to really boost that confidence going against Miami the week next. It looks like there might be some snow. Um, You know, the young guys are hungry for an opportunity now. And here it is. You get your chance. AJ Epinesa, Boogie Basham, right? Gregory Rousseau. This is a huge week. And I, and I think that the Bills feel it. The Bills know it. The Bills know that this is final stretch, right? You, you have this reputation of being a great team that that can definitely every single year get in the playoffs okay well this is when you turn this is when you flip the switch right um, we know what the offense can do think the difficulty is going to be up front with this defensive line of the Jets they are stifling they they love to make a quarterback uncomfortable they want to force Josh Allen to have a clock in his head again um, the bills have to dictate this game offensively in a different way in a different pace we're going to get to that, why I believe James Cook is that. But I want to talk about real quick on who I think needs to step up with everything that's transpiring. got three players I want to talk about first, Gregory Russo and A.J. Epinesa. Um, first off, Gregory Russo is a freak of nature. Um, we're not really seeing a superstar trait just yet, but he is a behemoth. He gets in your face he fits the mold of this defense perfectly for what they demand out of him, and he is slowly but surely progressing and becoming a starter for the next decade for the Buffalo Bills. I absolutely believe that. Um, I don't have anything negative to say about a- about Gregory Rousseau. Um, A.J. Epinesa, I don't really have anything negative to say about him either. I think he has been trying his absolute best to fit the mold of what the Buffalo Bills are asking out of him. When you look back at the draft when the Bills took him in the second round, it was almost like you take the highest graded player you have on your board after pretty much all of your top five are gone. And I think that's basically what happened in Buffalo going into the second round after trading for Stephon Diggs. First round pick is gone. Um, and now we're sitting here and there is a high demand for these young guys to develop. I think it's a 50-50 street. Uh, you know, it goes both ways. I think that... Um, this, this coaching staff has to help these guys develop. Uh, and, and I think that's a huge thing that, you know, Leslie Frazier prides himself upon. Sean McDermott prides himself upon. Uh, and, and it's probably just going to take longer than we expect. Uh, some teams, their rebuild takes a couple of years. It takes cl- close to four to five years uh, just for things to start making sense. The turnaround the Bills have had has been solely because of Josh Allen. Josh Allen has been literally carrying this team into victories and forcing teams to become desperate in their approach, which just ruptures your entire game plan when you have a quarterback that can rip a 30 to 40-yard run whenever the hell he wants and then throw it across the field at will. So, yes, I I think having a quarterback like Josh Allen has put a lot of pressure on this coaching staff as far as winning a Super Bowl, which kind of is good, but it's kind of bad at the same time when you think about it because you look at these young guys right, that I just mentioned. That means the expectation level for their development is expedited exponentially, and that stinks because then we're probably looking at a situation where they probably don't meet the standard, and then fans come at their you know the, the, the organization's throat about, ah, oh, just try to you know pick someone up, we just need a better pass. like, it's like, guys, we got to we got to we got to calm down, we got to chill out. Things are not going to happen for the Bills the way they happened for the Kansas City Chiefs. The Buffalo Bills did not draft Tyreek Hill and have Travis Kelsey at their disposal after the fact of drafting Patrick Mahomes. You know, the Bills don't have that. So, what the Bills had to do was was basically try their absolute best to get better than the season before after they lost in dramatic and absolute horrible fashion, um uh, to the Houston Texans. PTSD. That's the main that's the main reason the Bills traded for Stephon Diggs. Alright, now we're 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 back at square one where we were before the season started. Let's pretend the season is starting without Von Miller. As far as I remember, the Bills still got pressure, still started off strong. And Von Miller, in my opinion, was benefiting off of that a little more than the rest of this defensive line was benefiting off of him. He started to emerge, and he started to figure things out on how he fits in the defense. Obviously, the big play at the end against Kansas City with the minute and some change left where you know, Patrick Mahomes could have gone downfield, and we, we, you know we figured him out. We stopped him. He throws a pick. But as far as this team still being productive, they're not losing that., um, They're losing maybe that closer mentality. but again, this is a chance for the next month and some change for this, you know, this this young group of players to show what they got and and this coaching staff also to show what they got. I think there's a lot of pressure more on the coaching staff than it is on the players. I think at this point, it's put-up-or-shut-up time. We have the number one seed, so now it's on preparation. It's getting players in position and winning football games at by any means at this point. All right, Gabe Davis. So <sighs> this is going to be tough to talk about, right? Green Bay, in my opinion, exposed him. I think he has to come into his own, and he should take this OBJ visit as a slap in the face and step up his game. That's just how I see it. So, if you look at his stats, he's progressed. Like, the targets have have, have gone up, um, you know, a little bit within the last couple of years. He's at, right now, like, listen, from a full season standpoint, from 2020, 2021, he's already surpassed that in 2022 with 67 targets versus 2021 with 63, 2020 with, uh, you know, with 62. Obviously, that's because smoke was gone. You know, pe- people started leaving the organization. Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, a lot more is demanded out of him. But the, the the anomaly with him is, what do you make up about his game? Right, because the minute anyone in the media questions Stefan Diggs or any of coaching any of the coaching staff uh, about his play and his progression and how much they want to get him involved, they're like, oh, they, it's always the same. Sob story. I'm kind of sick of. Oh well, he's doing more than just catching the football. Yeah, great, but that's what a tight end should do. That's what your left tackle should do. That's what your pulling guard should do. Hell, that's what your fullback that you have on the roster should do. That's what they should be known for. I get that you like that. I think that's gritty. That's oh great. That's cool that he helps out in the running game. Yeah, so did Robert Woods. He didn't exactly help us go to the playoffs. What matters to me the most about him is his development that we saw early in the season just pop off, right? And 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 now it's it's at this point where his catching percentage is all over the place. Let me start off from the first week and going straight down. I'll skip a couple of times. Eighty percent catch rate. Go down a couple of t- couple of more weeks after that. Fifty percent catch rate. 28.6, 40%, 60%. Then it goes back up and it, it starts to kind of look good against the Cleveland Browns 71.4%, then against Detroit 80%. Then you go to New England. This is where there is a lot of concern. He was targeted 7 times, caught the ball twice last week. Had a total of, had a total of 15 yards. I mean, what what are they demanding out of him and, and what is he not doing correctly or what is happening offensively for the Bills to not execute properly with him? I personally have no idea. I Like I said, last week I said he is a big play waiting to happen. I think he's the kind of player that teams are absolutely terrified to just let Rome free. Kansas City was bit in their butt Last year in the playoffs when they decided to basically let Gabe Davis do whatever he wanted, and Josh Allen was like, okay, four touchdowns. So now they know that, right? Teams know that. And so he is the the big play waiting to happen. Stephon Diggs is a superstar that will get his numbers game in, game out. So I think at this point, you know, you shut down the wide receiver two conversation and just call it Stefan Diggs and the rest of the crew. And that's it. You know, when, whenever the playoffs hit and, and we start seeing big games from him, great. It's just throughout the season we have to talk about this, that the production level from him is lackluster, inconsistent, and that's that. You look at from the opposite side of a team like the Bengals, where you know they know how to get their two guys going. I'm talking about Higgins and Chase. They get it done, and again, maybe they're just a different caliber of receiver, uh, different style. But you know, from from what I see right now, at least they're trying. Right, uh, they've they've pushed him to the limit to try to see what he can do and then you know what's what's going to be good about this year it's going to really help him reflect on that opportunity he was given okay you went from 599 yards to to, to 549 the next year and guess what you bumped up and we're not even done he'll help I mean there's a good chance if he gets on a good stride here he could hit 1000 yards by the end of the season he's right now at 665 um it's it's just I think now the Bills have shifted their focus to getting the running game going. And let's talk about it, right? So they're not prioritizing to, to to get these spectacular routes going for Gabe Davis. I think basically because whatever's working right now, they don't want to stop it. James Cook. James Cook coming into the game after they try to get you know Devin Singletary rolling really puts a defense off balance. Here's the other thing why. The game is starting to slow down for James Cook. We were hopeful and anticipated this was going to happen towards the middle or end of the season for him, which is great. The big thing for him is going to be ball security in this next game. He cannot fumble it off of a toss, off of you know some random doinker play Right? Just just execute and, and, and you know, force a defense to be terrified of your speed because the minute they see Josh Allen and James Cook in the back and James Cook becomes more like his brother Dalvin, that's when this offense begins to literally shoot up into the sky. And I think that's what that's one of the big reasons why Ken Dorsey and his staff wanted to draft him. They thought, okay, if speed kills and it's always killing us. Let's, let's put speed on this team. And, you know, I think that's a big reason they even went after Naeem Hines. Now, we haven't seen a lot out of him, which, you know, everyone wants to talk about. Football's way more complicated than we actually give it credit for. Um, and, and there's probably things happening behind the scenes, I will trust and believe, that schematically trying to digest things, maybe that could be an issue that he is having. We don't know. But if they're only trusting him... To, to work in the special teams game basically um, and not work in that read option or not work on you know more snaps on the offensive side, that probably means that they're waiting to see some more growth from him. and James Cook is being more consistent in practice. If you don't execute good in practice, you're going to be even worse on game day. So right now, the bills are in a, are in a very, very important stretch. Um, Probably the most important stretch they've seen since the 90s. They hold the number one seed. They literally just have to win out. And if they do, let's hypothetically say, let's talk about it now, that we're done with all of that. OBJ is signed by the Buffalo Bills, and that report by the Cowboys was false. I say you definitely try to get him up to speed after this Jets and Dolphins game. You play him in Chicago. Let him start against the Bengals and finish the season off strong with New England. Again, the ball's in his court. We'll see. But guys, thank you again for joining me on Buff Up, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. Again, I'm your host, Steve Vega. To all the first responders and military out there, thank you for your service. Thank you for all you do for our country and our communities. Here we go. It's Jets Week, week 14. Guys, be safe out there. Enjoy it. Go Bills.